Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Miami Heat Floor Crew, brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm your host, Jonathan. We got Gad, Matt, and Mateo. We got the crew here, but unfortunately, Miami Heat did not show up tonight. But before we get into that, guys, if not always, make sure you guys like the video, subscribe, follow us on all our platforms, and follow the boys as well. Make sure you guys do that. But the Heat just dropped their seventh straight game to the Phoenix Suns, who were uh, coming off a loss to the Orlando Magic, and they were on the second night of a back-to-back. Miami, on the other hand, was the one that seemed to show no energy, seemed to show no life until a little run in the fourth quarter. Well, it was too late. You were already down 20-plus points. Miami started to make a little bit of run. Didn't really seem to matter at that point because you'd leave KD wide open in the corner for some threes. That's just easy money right there. So, come on now. That was terrible defense. Uh, The offense didn't look good as well. We'll get into that game. We'll break down, of course, the Miami Heat as a whole and what we saw over the last week and what we'll be looking into over the next week. But like I said, we'll start off with tonight's game. Gad, I'll let you start with it, my man. Um, I'll let you break down the offensive side, and Matt, I'll let you break down the defense. Um, what did you see offensively? Because it was a very ugly night. You know, the Heat struggled to score. Bam Adebayo getting outplayed by players that we shouldn't – he shouldn't be getting outplayed by, um, regardless of who's um, on the other end of the court. You know, and, and Tyler Hero struggling. Jimmy Butler, you know, I think it was only 12 or, or 13 shots he had on the night. That's not the type of performance you want to see at least against the Phoenix Suns, you know what I mean? When you have a team that's coming in with multiple star players, you want to live up to that, you know, expectation and play up to them. You know, the Heat are a team that's played up and down, unfortunately, to the level of competition. So you'd hope they were going to play up to the Phoenix Suns tonight. They did not. Gad, what did you see? I think the Heat have an identity problem, uh, which is something that we've known, right? Offensively, what is their identity? No one really knows because Jimmy doesn't want to impose his will. He doesn't want the volume. Bam isn't ready to be that type of player. Hero isn't efficient enough to be that type of player. And both of them, honestly, are just turned into jump shooters at this point. So they have an identity problem within their top three. I think Jimmy, previously in previous years, we would look to him and say, okay, it's time for Jimmy to scale up a little bit. He can do more. He's not doing more right now, whether that's coasting, whether it's the ability, whatever it may be, they need more from him. I understand he played well tonight. But it isn't even more in terms of stats and counting numbers. We just need more, like, going through him. We need more Jimmy getting people where they're supposed to be. Jimmy making things happen for other people. And right now, we're really not getting that. Some nights, we're getting Jimmy does things well for himself, which I believe he did tonight. He was pretty efficient offensively, and he had some really good moments. And then other nights, we get Jimmy in point guard mode, and he tries to set other people up. But they need more from him. They kind of need both. And this team is struggling to toggle in terms of what, who's going to play what role on what night. And I think that is part of their identity problem. They don't know who's supposed to be taking all the shots. They don't know who's supposed to be getting to the rim. They don't know who's going to be doing any of these things. And now you have an offense that looks like it's stuck in the mud at all times because they're predictable. They're easy to guard. The Heat don't even know exactly what their plan is offensively. It's really ugly, and it's getting to the point where it's gotten so ugly, they're so in their heads about it that it's leaking into their effort and their energy on both ends of the floor. They're doing nothing with intention, and it's lazy basketball. And this is what happens when you play lazy basketball, even against a team that is 
admittedly very talented, but not amazing, right? The Phoenix Suns are not doing the greatest job this year. On the tail end of a back-to-back, after getting spanked last night against the Magic, if anyone watched that game, and then they come in and they completely dominate the Heat on their home floor, save for like a three-minute run in the fourth quarter. That's where the Heat are at. They're a bad basketball team playing bad basketball right now. Yeah, it's very strange to see because you get Terry Rozier and, you know, honestly, somebody said on on Twitter I saw, it's very deflating when you go from Giannis to Mitchell to Dame and you end up getting Terry Rozier with all due respect to him. But, you know, you have a team with four 20-point scorers, but you also have all four of those guys who struggle to score 30 officially on any given night. You know what I mean? It's not four guys that can go off for 40 points and, and have those explosive-type games. Those are guys that, you know, are pretty limited to, to getting around 20, you know, until, you know, some big game moments. Maybe Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero has a breakout game here and there. But it's not it's rough for them to break that ceiling and get into that. So, like you said, offensively, you know, this was a team that's really built on heavy ball movement, and I don't think we've seen enough of that lately. I think we've seen too much dribble-dribble attack, trying to make something happen on your own. The ball should be moving a lot more. Guys should be cutting. Guys should be doing more off-ball as well. I don't think we're seeing enough of that. Um, but I want to start seeing more uh, more movement with that as well. I think there's not enough movement on this offense. Like you said, God, stuck on the mud. Everybody's sitting around waiting for something to happen. When you have guys that can make things happen, uh, but you'd rather have those things come to you and have the offense flow a little bit better. Matt, defensively, what did you see wrong? I saw some really bad errors on the zone tonight, like I mentioned, leaving Kevin Durant open of all guys. That's What are you doing there? What did you see defensively tonight that was the issue? Giving up 100 points after three quarters and then also over the last week as well. Um, I it, To me, it was lethargic. Um, I wasn't really impressed with Miami's closeouts. I wasn't impressed with their rotations. Um, the the heat of traditionally, like, it's a 2-3 zone, but, like, it depends on it, its principles. Like, it depends on where guys are at on the wings. Like, if guys are out on the wings, then their bottom guys will play higher. And it felt like the, for most of the night, the heat shape was, like, a kind of like this 3-2 zone. And I think Phoenix did a good job when they were getting dribble penetration. They were kicking out, and they were swing, swing. Like, they were moving the ball really well, and they were moving faster than the heat bodies can move. Um, and then that was just leading to open threes. Like Devin Booker was two of 10 from deep, but he it, it at least felt like he was getting the majority of his looks from deep were open. Um, he was attacking closeouts and getting into that mid-range game that we've seen so often from him. Drew Eubanks had his way in the first half with Miami, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons why they went to zone at certain points, especially when Bam wasn't on the floor. But even when Bam was on the floor, like they, they went to zone. And it, I just wasn't impressed with the rotations, like, they turned it up a little bit in the fourth quarter. Bam had that block. I think Josh had a couple of steals. Like, you saw there was some effort there towards the end of the game, but for at least most of those first three quarters, it was concerning effort because they weren't they weren't recovering. They weren't attacking. They weren't closing out the way they should. And then that was just leading to them get, not, not even getting to the rim, but, like, dribbling, taking a couple of dribbles inside the arc and then kicking out and then moving the ball again. Um, it just felt like it, it took the air out. Um, a little bit of the defense when they were making shots. And even when they were playing good defense in the first half, guess what? There were just times where Phoenix wasn't just making ridiculous shots like that Josh Akogi bank in three where the Heat had it for 22, 23 seconds, and then he makes that three. And it's just like, well, what can you do about that? And so it was just deflating on all fronts when they were playing good defense. And I think that's kind of what bled into the bad defense because, I mean, you're down 15, you're down 20 points. Like, how, you, you want to get back into the game with defense, but at the same time, like, it just it just wasn't there for him, and it hasn't really been there for him for a while in terms of like the general the dribble penetration aspect of it. So, 
it was just it was just lethargic on all fronts, and I think it was too little, too late. Absolutely, like you said, too late, too little, too late when it came to this Heat. And you know, this Miami Heat team has been one that was built on an identity. To your point, got defensive identity, right? Being able to force three, four stops at a time and then start making that offensive comeback because you're getting on um, transition buckets, right? And that's another problem this year is we are really, really bad at transition. So even if we get defensive stops, even if we're forcing turnovers, we're not capitalizing on those things. And, you know, when you're not able to do that, even if you're forcing turnovers, um, it just makes your offense, like you said, get stuck in the mud, you know, giving up. Um, and, and when you're lacking defensively, giving up 125 <laughs> points to the Knicks, giving up 140 plus to the Celtics, which is, absolutely disgusting it was painful to watch Mateo you know obviously like you know both them mentioned lack of energy and uh, being lethargic seems to be a common theme of this of this team and their losing streak what else have you been able to identify maybe some schematics that has been uh plaguing this team and making them like have like you said this this seven game losing streak well, listen, anytime a role player like Drew Eubanks, and I, I don't say that to be disrespectful, looks like a Phoenix Suns legend like Tom Chambers, you got some serious problems. Defensively, you know, you provide, or the Heat provide no resistance up top, and defensively, the backline defense has been very late. And, you know, this is a problem. Today, the defense, like Matt was talking about it being, you know, lethargic, it, you know, it lacked RPMs, and here's the thing. You're on a six-game losing streak. How do you let the opposing team run up in your building and jump on you like that? To tell you the truth, this looks like a team that is out of sync, and what's concerning about that is they've been playing together for a long time. That could be indicative of a group that's tired of playing with one another or was expecting some more serious reinforcements. And, you know, something I noticed that was a little bit of a change in this game was, you know, Terry Rozier kind of snapped out of it a little offensively. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more later but they need that version of him to come out tonight not the one that was in his shell the previous games that kind of looked as ineffective as Kyle Lowry but this is as bad as it gets a seven game losing streak under coach Spolstra and another thing that's problematic is either Jimmy's not taking enough field goal attempts or you know he's starting to get it going when the team is down significantly which is a very big problem they need him to be aggressive earlier Absolutely. I love that. Exactly. Well-spoken. Like you said, Jimmy takes too long sometimes to get it going. Jermaine saying too much small ball. I agree with that at some points too. I feel like rebounding has been a a massive issue for this team as well. You know, not rebounding ball, uh, getting any extra offensive rebounding chances and even defensively, you know, giving up a lot of back taps. I've noticed this team has had an issue with teams back tapping the ball out. Um, and then getting that rebound and letting the ball bounce before getting a rebound. Like that's a, that's a very much an effort thing where you get that ball out of the air. You don't let that ball touch the ground before somebody gets a rebound. That shows lack of effort, you know, and, and not being able to, to get to that ball. Um, but Mateo, excellent transition, you know, Terry Rozier um, with this team now. And, you know, since acquiring him, you expected maybe to get out of the mud a little bit more offensively and get some of those gears rolling, have him create not just for himself, for others as well with, you know, being able to have a just a different layer of scoring with this team. We haven't seen that yet, although he's improved, you know, tonight had a little bit better of a game. I'll throw it right back to you with that, Mateo. You know, what do you feel has been the struggle with having Terry Rozier adjust to this team? Well, he, well, for the most part, not counting tonight and a chunk of the Knicks loss, he looked like someone who just got traded to a new team and was – worried about stepping on the other guys' toes. That That's very problematic because when you look at his splits and, and Charlotte, 23 points a game on a, a comparable efficiency that he was doing 
in in Boston in the 2018 uh, playoffs. You really need that, and the problem with that that is that you, you didn't get it earlier. It, obviously, he, he um taking a back seat is problematic because you know the, the team was in a rut. They needed him to be relief points for Jimmy Butler. Obviously, Jimmy hasn't gotten it going, and today he kind of looked like the the main option earlier. And that's some of the problems that people kind of had with Hero. You know, they they were like concerned that you know he can't be the main go to scorer. He needs to be one of those you know backup guys and. You know, Terry was unfortunately put in a position where he had to be like the main scorer early, and he needs to be that guy who helps the the Heat in more of a, a complementary way behind Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. And unfortunately, Bam was someone tonight who couldn't, you know, open things up for his teammates by uh, converting it at close range. But you know, Terry, what, what they got from him tonight is something they need more of, not what they got in the other games before the New York Knicks lost, definitely. Definitely. Like, like you said, him well, not wanting to step on anybody else's toes. Obviously, you know, we got him from the trade. I think we played him right away without even having him practice with us yet. So, obviously, that was um, just a temperature check for him getting in. Gad, what else were you able to see that maybe Terry started doing better tonight? Some other things that you've seen that he has done well that maybe he hasn't done enough? that you want to see him continue to do and maybe some things that you uh, would love to see him implement into this game to, to continue to mesh with this team a little bit better. Well, I, I think the playmaking is something that's going to come. Uh, Terry Rozier, to me, is someone who's a scorer first, playmaker second. And I think that's totally fine. That's what a lot of point guards, lead guards are in the NBA. Um, not that Terry Rozier, by rule, should be our lead guard because things are really going to go through Jimmy Butler and then Bam Adebayo and then Terry Rozier after that. But I will say one of the things with a player like Terry Rozier is this guy is a talented, self-created scorer. You have to let him rock out. You have to let him play his game. I understand what Spo has done with this team. They've had a lot of success because the players that they've had have been players that don't have the creativity with, in terms of their handle and their scoring ability in order to kind of just ISO and make things happen on their own. They need other motion. They need like playmaking hubs. They need the ball to... I mean, different handoffs or whatever are coming from the elbow, which is totally fine. You can win basketball in a bunch of different ways. But I don't want to try to pigeonhole Terry into something that he isn't. He's a player. He's a hooper. You let him rock out. You tell Terry, you say, okay, you're in this lineup right now. Go crazy. Like, if it's him and Bam in a lineup, Jimmy's not on the floor, run high. Terry Rozier, pick and roll at all times. Let him get the switch on the big. Let him make the decision and drop. If he's either going to take the ball to the basket, if the big's playing a little bit more at the level, or if he's going to pull up for three, pull up for two, whatever it may be, he can read the defense like that off a live dribble, which is one of the things I think Terry Rozier is phenomenal at. Let him rock out. If you let Terry do that, I think it'll help a lot. I think the playmaking will come later on once he's more comfortable in terms of getting his own bucket, then he's going to become more comfortable in terms of leveraging his ability to get his own bucket for other players to score. So I'm not really worried about Terry. Obviously, the numbers haven't been great. I think defensively, some things you could definitely see him be better on that end. But I think this team as a whole is just out of sorts defensively. So once they kind of start to gel defensively and understand what their roles are going to be and who's good at what and how they can play just better, then I think Terry can maybe not be a negative because he's, he's still really small. But at the same time, I think you can get to the point where Spoh's really good about hiding certain bad defenders or certain limited defenders in lineups. I think you can get to that point with Terry where you're not worried about him being that much of a negative on defense. And the offense will definitely 
more than make up for it. But the team has so many defensive problems right now that I don't really want to just like spotlight Terry on that because he is the least of their worries on defense, honestly. They have so many problems all that end. It is not fun to watch at all. Absolutely. And, and you know, when you have that many, there's a lot of people uh, in the comments saying bringing Hero off the bench. Um, I honestly do agree with that uh, sentiment. You know, I do think you would give Terry a little more freedom. Duncan would be able to play perfectly off ball. And don't get me wrong, if you see Tyler Hero's catch-and-shoot three numbers, you would probably be surprised because he's one of the best guys off the ball, but he just doesn't do it as much as we might want him to. Like, if he played a little bit more in the Duncan role when Terry was in the game, and then when you have, like you said, Gad, a two-man lineup where it's just Bam and Hero or Hero and Jimmy, right? That's when he wants him. you want him to go free and have that free range. But, you know, when Terry's out there, I'd much prefer – him and Duncan kill it with the off, you know, that starting lineup and have Duncan play beautifully off ball, have the move, the offense moving a lot more as well. You know, because when Duncan's out there, the offense seems to flow. The dribble handoff used to be a staple of the offense, but now it's like a secondary tertiary option now that can still catch teams off guard because it isn't spammed as much anymore as well. So I'd love to see some of those, I'll see some of those offensive or see those, some of those lineup changes moving forward as well. But let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about a guy who returned. Um, Jaime Jaquez Jr., you know what I mean? Obviously, we lost him, and we lost all those games in a row. He's coming back. We still haven't won just yet. But do you find it alarming that this Heat team fell off such a cliff when he, you know, went out? And, and you know, Matt, and I'll direct this one to you, right? Do you find it alarming that this Heat team is as reliant on a rookie as they are right now? Or do you feel that's much more so accredited to it's the regular season, he's the young guy, he's got the legs, and he's maybe just giving the free range to do a little more. Where do you see the Jaime Jaquez situation fitting with this Heat team as of currently? Um, I mean, it's concerning to an extent because I feel like with Jaime on the floor, there's more flow, or at least prior to the seven-game winning streak, or not winning streak, losing streak. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash, Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It was a lot more flow with Jaime, especially 
Um, I mean, I don't want to like single the guy out, but like, especially without Tyler, it just felt like the, when the ball was in Jaime's hands, good things were happening. Um, and I mean, kind of since he's come back, there's still been kind of like, I feel like when he was out, everyone thought they had to do more than they actually did. And I felt like that kind of staggered things a little bit. That, that it, it, I feel like they hit a wall with that. And ever since Jaime's come back, like, I think, I mean, tonight wasn't like the, I guess, the best example, but um, just in general, at least in that Knicks game, it like it, it felt more smooth. It felt like more free flowing. Um, he's an excellent cutter. He's excellent off the ball, and I think that helps the offense out a lot, um, especially when sometimes you you it's just I don't know, Jimmy Bam or like Jimmy Bam, Tyler Bam, like whatever, and then there's three other guys just standing there, not really doing anything off the ball, whether it's cutting, whether it's screening, whether it's doing the other things. Like Jaime is such an incredibly smart player. He's so good in transition. He's another good defender that you can have on the floor and kind of help your defense out if you want to uh, force turnovers, if you want just to have a good defensive possession um, and get going the other way. Like he helps in that respect. And so the fact that the Heat were missing all of that combined plus what he can do on the ball, plus we can, what he can do in the post with his footwork. Like, that was a little bit of a – like, it, it, it feels alarming, but, like, I just feel like that's a testament just to how good he is, but you want more guys who are like that, right? Um, yeah, he's not necessarily the, the catch-and-shoot guy that you want from three-point range, but he can do literally everything else that you want in offense per, at a high level, too, especially for a guy his age. Um, and so, like – I'm just interested to see how this kind of develops itself once they start playing more games together. And then obviously once the trade deadline passes, if the Heat make a move, if they don't make a move, whatever. Um, he gives you that extra charge. And so I guess to answer your question, it's a little bit concerning, but it's it's just nice to have him back at the same time. Absolutely. When this team can have anybody healthy, um, definitely as somebody like Jaime, who even in his rookie year has the veteran assets when it comes to his skill set with, you know, calmness in the post, finishing around the rim, you know, becoming a better and better catch and shoot player. Uh, I want to give a shout out to um, Miss Insur uh, Insurance by Lynette. Miss Lynette, you know, one of our uh, people that's been around with uh, Five Reasons for a long time and, and always supported us. But we appreciate you still popping in in the comments with us. But uh, Mateo, I want, I want your opinion on this before we uh, we talk about um, this heat season as a whole and just break down on that before we wrap things up. So yeah, give me your thoughts on everything. Jaime. You, you know, something, man, I, the way things are going, you know, I like how Lynette said all options are on the table. Would you, how do you guys feel about, you know, going full defense or as much defense as you can with Rozier in the lineup with you know, Martin Butler, triple J and Adebayo and putting, uh, Tyler Hero into the second unit. You would obviously sacrifice some shooting and you would require Jimmy Butler to be closer to the player he was last year. But to tell you the truth, you guys highlighted it so very well. Triple J just works so much better with the starting rotation because he's someone who can uh, maneuver well off the ball and get you relief points without a play run for him. And, you know, that skill set that you were talking about, Jonathan, to tell you the truth, I, his average may not support it in terms of scoring average, but the things he can do in the post and how he can get by players, he may be the second best scorer on the team just in terms of what he can do. So the Heat need more of him next to Jimmy and Bam, 100%. Definitely. And, and that's actually, you know, um, an interesting lineup. You know what I mean? I think the only issue with that maybe would be a little bit of spacing, right? Mm -hmm. You have Terry, um, who's good at three, but, you know, with Jaime, Bam, Jimmy, and uh, Triple J, you know, Caleb 
Jimmy and Triple J can hit the three, but they're not three-point specialists by any means, right? I think you want another guy out there just to help with spacing, whether you swap in Kevin Love at points at the four to give you the shooting, or if you swap in Duncan at the two to give him the shooting. There's a couple ways you can do that as well. So, um, But I do like, like you said, just having more of a defensive lineup. I think any any lineup shake would, uh, would be great at this point um, just to kind of freshen up this team you know, make, you know, all, all options should be there, whether it's roster changes or lineup changes, right? You know, because this team needs a little bit of a revamp, uh, a little bit of a change. But let's get to the season as a whole, because, you know, when we made it to the finals um, against the Lakers, this team had, and obviously it was a two-week layoff. It's much different. You're coming off of a bubble, you know, a situation where you have to come right back into the next season. Um, the next season, the Heat team, they look fatigued. They look burnt out. You know, they make it to the to the playoffs and we get bounced by the Milwaukee Bucks, right? The, you make it to the finals last year um, against the Denver Nuggets. And, and this t- season, you seem, it, seem to see it again where Jimmy isn't um, seeming to have the energy like before. You know, you have a team that struggles to find who they are, to struggle to score, struggle to defend. We don't even know exactly what the, the strengths of this team is. Like, what is the best thing that this team does? We really can't answer that question. So, God, do you think that this team might be suffering? And, and actually, um, I want to give uh, credit to uh, Brian mostly uh, for this point as well. You know, do you feel like this part of this struggle of this season is due to the burnout and we're potentially set up for seeing an early playoff exit due to what we've seen so far? I think there is some credence to them being quote unquote tired, burnt out, fatigued, whatever it may be for just from playing so many games over a prolonged period of time. But at the same time, like, it's only January. You're not even fully. I mean, you're in the dog days of the season, but the season is still a long season. They have many games to go, right? So they could be hitting a wall. But honestly, I think more so than anything. And I know this is going to sound a little weird and rash, but what I cannot shake is the leadership that Udonis Haslam has brought to this team for so long. And not that Udonis Haslam is something that was tangible on the court, right? But I think there was a certain edge and a certain respect that they had for someone in the locker room that wasn't part of their quote-unquote big three, which is, in my opinion, Jimmy Bam or Spo. And I don't think they have anyone outside of the back th- that big three that's holding people accountable. Maybe they do. I'm not in the locker room. I can't speak on it. But there's just an edge and a leadership that this team lacks, in my opinion. And I understand that it probably should be coming from Bam, who's the captain, or Jimmy, who's the best player, um, Spo. More or less, I mean, he's not having his best season by any stretch of the imagination. You can also expect that to come from him. And I think he's probably doing that, right? He's one of, he's the best head coach in the NBA for a reason. I think they need something else. They need someone else to bring an edge. I don't know who that is. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's in-house. I don't know if that's some, someone that you could bring in, if you could even bring in someone that has that type of respect. But independent of all the X's and O's problems, which they have plenty, they have a ton of X's and O's problems. I'm not trying to supersede that. But typically in years past for the Heat, they don't reach lows of this level because they have someone who's willing to say what needs to be said in order to get changes made, and they'll act accordingly. I don't know if this Heat team has that, and I think that's why you're seeing the spiral is going a little bit lower than usual. And I don't really know how you fix it. I'm hoping that somehow over the next week or so we get clarity on who's going to step up Who's going to be the leader? Who's going to be the voice that they respect in this locker room? Because I don't think that they have that right now. And without that, shout out Brian Mosley once again. 
Where is the heat culture? Because I don't see it. This whole, this whole losing streak, it's not there. You could talk about heat basketball, this, that, and the other. They're playing like they don't care. They're not talented enough. And now they have no one that's willing to say what needs to be said in order to get changes made. It's, it's a slippery slope, man, but I'm excited to see how they end up figuring it out if and when they do. Absolutely. Honestly, I, I don't think you could have said that any better. Um, to your point, you know, you lose Udonis Haslam. Who else in this locker room, you know, has won a championship before? You know, Kevin Love is that guy maybe, but like uh, outside of that, you know, who is it? You don't have any other champions on this team. I might be throwing a blank right now, but, um, you know, there's nobody on this team that brings that type of leadership. And with all due respect to Kevin Love, I don't think he's had he's been here long enough to garner that type of respect from the Heat players. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's respected. I'm sure his voice matters. Right. But he's not Udonis Haslam. You know, he's not a guy that was born and raised with, you know, winning championships with his Heat team and going through deep playoffs runs. Or, you know, you sure you've had the team go through some of those adversity before, but it was more so done on the on the shoulders of a heroic Jimmy effort, along with Spo uh, putting this team together as well. Right. So. Uh, and at the end of the day, it didn't end up in a championship, you know. So as good as this team was, you know, there's no rings to show for it at this point. So it's really hard uh, to say, like, you know, there's something there. Mateo, it looks like you want to say something. I'll let you go ahead. You know, I wonder what's Spolstra's next move, because if, if you follow any of the old Pat Riley teams, he probably would have stuck his head in a, a large tub of ice water or punched some glass in some type of cafeteria or smoked a full pack of cigarettes while furiously pacing in the locker room without saying a word to anybody. So I wonder what's Spolster's next psychological move. Take it away, gentlemen. <laughs> no, that's a that's lovely because it's true, right? At this point, this, you know, Coach Spolstra, who is, you know, maybe uh, in line to potentially be the next president of this team after you know, Pat Riley has gone from this organization, whether it's retirement or, you know, just because age, right? Um, we will, you know, he has to be the guy to step up and, and, you know, have the locker room under control, bring these guys together, have them not look clueless on the basketball court, right? <laughs> Jermaine saying Thomas Bryant is the only <laughs> other guy that won a championship. Guys, Thomas Bryant has now replaced Giannis Haslam as a championship experience in the <laughs> locker room. You can quote that. Look at the guns. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, yeah, David, maybe the hire Haslam as an assistant. It seems like he wants to do his own business kind of thing right now, you know, following with D-Wade and kind of doing that. Maybe you see him, maybe you don't. I don't know. But it's tough to see where that leadership is coming from because if you have a Jimmy Butler that just doesn't really care about the regular season, what is the rest of the team going to do? Like, that's your leader. If you're following suit with what he's doing, it's really hard for this team to see, uh, you know, to have a leader to follow in, in an example type manner. Right. Because Bam Adebayo um, maybe isn't as vocal as he should be as when it comes to being a leader. And obviously with Tyler Hero, that's not he's not that guy, you know, so he's not that, you know, to be to be in that position to be a leader on the team. No offense to anyone. Right. But um, let's get to the upcoming heat season. We're rolling up on 30 minutes. I want to keep this a little shorter. But hey, T basketball, we'll talk about it regardless. But let's get to this next coming week. We got a little bit more um, some tough teams coming up um, before. I think February 4th is next Sunday. So we'll cover the next three games. We got the Kings um, and we got the Wizards and we got the Clippers. It's a very tough stretch to go through. Uh, I think with the Kings, obviously they're a super talented team. Sabonis has been playing really well. De'Aaron Fox playing really well. Uh, the Clippers with what they've been doing, a lot of people deserve to apologize or should apologize to Russell Westbrook for what he's been able to uh, still bring to the game. This is a guy that's a, 
former multiple time MVP and, you know, took the uh, media giving him a lot of backlash for not being um, the guy that should have been there with LeBron and, and everything there. But, you know, he went into the Clippers. He took that role with shining things and he's absolutely killing it. Matt, haven't talked in a while, man. Break down this next week for me, what you see uh, with those three games coming up. Well, first off, Udonis is already kind of like on staff because he's been, he got hired as the vice president of basketball development. Um, or it was it was a title similar to that. So he's like a hybrid front office guy who also works with the the Sioux Falls and stuff like that. Anyway, um, I think they lose to Sacramento. If you lose to Washington, end the season. I say that half jokingly, and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just say lose to the Clippers. I don't think they beat the Clippers. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Mateo. You, you got, you gotta beat oh, go the ahead, Wizards. Go ahead. You gotta beat the Wizards. You can't, you can't <laughs> lose to the Wizards. Like seriously, you just can't. It would be as embarrassing as losing to the Pistons, almost. You know what I mean? But go ahead, Mateo. I, I concur. The Kings have speed, which the Heat cannot match, and Sabonis is going to open up the outside with the post. The Heat can't guard the three-point line. The Kings is going to be an L. They're going to beat the Wizards because they better, and the Clippers are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. You should have seen what they just recently did to the Boston Celtics, so they're going to lose that one too. So one out of three. Beautiful. Beautiful. Gad? Listen, I agree with everything Mateo said. The Heat are beating the Sacramento Kings. The Heat are beating the Washington Wizards. And the Heat are getting waxed by the Los Angeles Clippers. They're going to go 2-1. and one. Um, I think Wednesday, you're going to see Bam Adebayo step up for... I mean, I don't remember the last time he had a really, really good game. He's had a couple good games during this losing streak. But uh, I think that he gets up for those moments against the centers that his name is put next to. And I think he'll get up for the bonus game Bonus coming off a great game right now. And listen, maybe this is wishful thinking. I know it's wishful thinking. I'm absolutely lying to myself right now. But they're going to win the next two games, and we're going to be a little bit more okay with getting killed by the Clippers on Sunday or whatever it may be. Yeah, so, um, you know, this Heat team as it stands right now, the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, right? We're, we're just on the edge there. We're a, well, two games over the Bulls, a couple games over the Hawks as well. So have a little bit of a cushion. But the Magic overtook us with their win over the Suns. We couldn't handle business. I don't see um, the Heat beating the Sacramento Kings or the Clippers to both Matt and Mateo's point. I think those teams uh, have too much to offer offensively than what this team can do. I still think we still might not have seen the peak of this team offensively. No, not might. We, we still haven't seeing what this team could do offensively, right? Just the Miami Heat team still can get better. Will it? We don't know, right? Find out the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. But we'll know, um, you know, if this Heat team can get all of the four guys that should be scoring at a decently high level to be doing their jobs, this team could be a solid team that can have one of those nights where you have like six, seven, eight guys scoring in double digits, right? That's how this Heat team gets the win. We don't, we're not a team that has one or two guys scoring in double digits and doing that. We, you know, we have to have more than three or four guys scoring. And I think with the, what we have, this Heat team could have that, but I don't know if we will. So like you said, until I see it happen, I do think that uh, it's going to be one and two. And uh, Michael Crew is asking a quick question. I'm going to go out the horn here. Who y'all got, 49ers or Chiefs? Um, Matt, I'll start with you, my brother. 
Chiefs, man. I'm not going to bet against Mahomes. I'm not going to bet against Andy Reid. I'm not going to bet against three-time champion Steve Spagnuolo. I'm just not doing it, man. I'm just not doing it. Chiefs. No love to Spags, former giant guy. Mateo, where you at? Uh, yeah, I'm not much of a football uh, observer, but give me Mahomes and the Chiefs. He's just amazing. Dad? I guess I like to zig when everybody zags. I got the Niners. I don't think they've played a good game yet in the playoffs. I think they will come Super Bowl time, but I wouldn't be. I mean, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're really good for a reason. Game manager Brock Purdy about to show off in the in the Super Bowl, I guess. We'll see how that rolls out. Um, if he's going to break Samuel, those Super Bowl MVP. I'm sorry? Debo Samuel, Super Bowl MVP. Ooh. Rushing and um, receiving touchdown, maybe? You know, we'll see how it goes down. It should be a fun one, even though it's a, it's a rematch. You know, I think this will be one that will be fun. Uh, but, guys, as always, unfortunately, we had to be here after another heat loss. But we do appreciate y'all. Over 100 guys, 100 people, you know, in the in the live right now. So we appreciate you guys. Make sure if you're not already, like the video, subscribe to us, you know, follow us on the podcast feed uh, as well. And make sure you follow the boys, all of them. We got Gadiel Cartagena. We got MPH underscore 824 underscore. And Mateo Yorga goes usernameless, but you'll find him by searching his name. So go find the guys. Make sure you guys uh, keep on watching us here. We appreciate you. Saul, appreciate you, my man. We had a lot of great people in the comments. So thank you guys for keeping the, the conversation going uh, and being here with us. And we'll see you after next week. Let's go heat. Let's go. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.